Hello, everybody, and welcome back to my podcast, Christian in Progress. My name is Sammy Perez, and just a little bit about me, I am a former gay stripper. Yes, that's right. You heard that correctly. I left behind the homosexual lifestyle to walk with Christ, and this podcast is all about how I do it, why I do it, and to help others like me and educate those that are not like me. I want to talk, but I really want to talk about what a real life with Jesus looks like in 2022. Nothing is off limits, and I want to be as transparent as I possibly can be. Before we get started, I want to let everybody know that this podcast is completely free to listen to, and we do accept donations and have some awesome rewards and gifts for those of you who want to become patrons of the podcast. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Podbean, Click on the description and you'll find a link to becoming a patron of the podcast, which means you'll be making a regular monthly commitment. And we need those guys. And we also have my website, SamuelAbrahamPerez.com, where you can find resources to give through PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App. So on today's episode, we have the incredible Adrian DiPasquale. <laughs> it's a very Italian name, Italiano. He's a TikToker who dabbles in Christianity and philosophy, and he's passionate about history and fitness. And uh, one of the reasons I had him on the podcast was because I saw his TikToks and I thought they were really cool and awesome. And he was talking about some things that usually other Christian TikTokers are not talking about. And he seems really educated. So I wanted to have him on. So how are you, bro? I'm doing great. That was a great intro. I, I really need someone <laughs> like you as like a manager or something who could, who could do <laughs> stuff like that. It's all just very neat and coordinated. I think this is like my, I don't know, it's a 40th something episode. So I really have a lot of it just in the back of my mind, just like on replay. But uh, we're going to get started. First off, I've never done this in a podcast episode before, but I want to get just get started with some casual questions. And so whatever comes to the top of your head, just like fiery answers really quickly. And so sure, I've got I've got like, I think like four questions. So here you go. The first right. question is, what is your biggest beef with Christians nowadays? My biggest beef with Christians, um, Christians in general or Christianity? Uh, Christians, like things that you happenstance with individuals. They talk a lot, man. They talk a lot. With, and not just like in like, a, oh, I just like to talk, but it's just very much like they have a lot of opinions about other people's lives. And, and, and mm. I, I'm not, I'm not someone who likes that at all. I don't like people even, you know, whatever. But yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that can be true. Yeah, for 100%. Okay, <laughs> second question here. Have you ever struggled with your sexuality? Um, No. I, I've pretty much always known I was, I was straight. Okay, pretty good. Yeah. All right, question number three. What's one thing you wish you never did in your life? <laughs> one thing I wish I never did in my life. Damn, that's an interesting one. Worried. I wish I never worried about, about the future. I, I spent a lot of time, especially with God. Uh, in high school, I was always very uh, kind of nihilistic and depressed about God. Like, where is he? Why isn't he speaking to me? Things like that. And my life has kind of unfolded in a way that I could have never seen coming. And I, I just wish I didn't worry as much when I was younger. Wow, that's a really good, <laughs> good answer. Thank you. <laughs> so what is one thing that you heard this year that blew your mind? It, uh, pertaining to Christianity or just in, in general? In general, just one thing that you're like, general, wow, one I thing never that blew thought my about mind. that. I really like that. I like that quote. <laughs> hmm. That's difficult. I, I guess I'll I'll give a Christian answer just because I, I don't know what else I would I would think, but that Jesus took all of our sins on the cross. And that we oh no, here's a good one. Mm. We are we are grace conscious, not sin conscious. Uh that's something that I think a lot of Christians really struggle with. Uh 
this is the question I receive the most. Is this a sin? Is this a sin? Like they're the sin mm. police. Like I like I'm supposed to know what God thinks is, anything is sinful. And and some of these things are like video games. Do I play too much? Is that sinful? It's like be focused on grace and you know it's it's good. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance, right? It's don't worry about the sin necessarily, especially after you've believed. Like the yeah. whole point of Jesus was you don't have to carry that burden anymore, you know? Yeah. Come on, start preaching. Let's go, man of God. <laughs> no, I agree with you, bro. That's so good. I mean, I get that so often. It's right. like Christians are so focused on what is a sin instead of exactly. focusing on how to live in the spirit. Mm. And uh, living in the spirit is is being aware of all that Jesus has done for us and being thankful, thankful enough to have a transformational process. So, um, yeah, I love that. That's all incredible. Great question. Great questions. Great answers. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> like complimenting myself <laughs> for my <laughs> writing of questions. Um, all right, cool. So I just a little bit about you for maybe people who don't don't know you. Like I said, I found you on TikTok and you make TikTok videos and you seem so educated on just like philosophy and um, and just some of the things that you were talking about. It's just like it's 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 hard hitting theological questions that I think sometimes we just don't ask ourselves enough. And and I like the fact that most young people, they're not, um, they're not gonna, they're not answering, like, well, they're not asking those questions. And so I just thought that it was like something very different that you did. And so just a little bit about like, why did you start making TikToks and stuff? Why did you start doing that? What what led you to start asking some of those questions of just like, hey, what's up, what's up with this idea? Or yeah. Um, well, I don't want to get too much into my testimony quite yet, but, but it, it is, uh, connected with that. I started my YouTube channel like two years ago where I started just philosophy or one and a half years ago, uh, mostly philosophy. I've always been interested in very esoteric topics. Mm. Um, and, and then TikTok kind of started blowing up and I was like, well, I kind of want to get like my stuff out there and, and philosophy kind of ran dry a little bit for me. I still love philosophy, but I really, I really just. There's something about Christianity that really brought me to it. And I was like, yeah, I should just make TikTok videos, just see what I can do with it. And then some videos just get, did really well. So I was like, well, mm. now I have to keep doing it. You know, it's like, I really like that <laughs> people are actually, and I had really good encouragement, which is actually surprising. A lot of people think Christians are very judgmental and sometimes they can be, but my ideas are a little off the cuff. And, and but I got a lot of good encouragement from fellow believers. So I was like, oh, this is actually quite surprising. So I kept doing it. Yeah, that's always something that I love. I love having people on my podcast that are just talking about things or ideas that are not necessarily mainstream. A lot of the people that are listening to this podcast, they're not like having that type of traditional mindsets. They're listening to me as someone, as a, as a brother in the faith already because they don't agree with a lot of other things that are happening in Christianity right now. And they're trying to get a different perspective, not so much walk away from Christianity, but just really trying to get a different perspective, have some of their questions answered, like questions about sexuality or questions about um, just how, how you were saying, like uh, what happens to people in the old Testament who didn't know about Jesus and like now they receive Jesus. And is that true? Or, you know, what's this? Um, and so I cover all that kind of stuff in my Bible studies and going deep and, and all that stuff. But um, I did want to get into your testimony and just so, so people can know a little bit about you before we start really going in into some of the topics that I'm really excited to go into. We're going to be talking about masculinity. We're going to be talking about femininity. We're going to be talking about um, kind of deconstruction of Christianity, legalism, how things are done in the West traditionally through Christianity and how we can break some of that. And some of the questions that you've been asking yourself, which is just like... Um, 
almost it would seem like very Gnostic like questions like mm. uh, and um, and uh -oh. so Gnosticism <laughs> 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 and and I think that's going to be really interesting like we can go back and forth and some of the things that you're believing and and some of the knowledge that I have on um, on some of those questions uh, but sounds great yeah how did you get well first off did you grow up in a Christian environment. I did. I didn't really go to church, though. My parents were never... I went to church a little bit as a kid, but I was also a baseball player, so I would travel around uh -huh. and play. Um, I was a catcher, for anyone who was interested, which is... I'm also 6'2", so it was kind of strange as a catcher because I was very tall and kind of lanky. Oh, wow. You don't you don't look that tall. Like No. Oh, oh really? Do I look smaller? Oh. <laughs> no, you don't look um, small, but like I, it's always a surprise to me when I see people online, and then they're like... When I meet them in person, they're like huge because right. I'm... I'm really small, and people think I'm like big. And so see, you look I'm... bigger. That's funny. You look bigger too. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's like literally, people they, when they see me for the first time, they're like, "Oh my gosh, you're like you're five seven. Like I thought you were gonna be like, like six feet tall." And I'm like, "Ah, uh, no." Right. <laughs> and it's a disappointment. But yeah, I continue. So you were in baseball. Uh, yeah. So I was playing baseball. So we didn't really have much time to go to church anymore. Uh, so I pretty much stopped all of high school, all of uh, middle school, mm. and. But I was always, I believed in Jesus, and I, I certainly believed in God, and, and that's kind of where a lot of my, I was somewhat depressed as a high schooler, because I was very much like, you know, existence is strange, like, this is very strange, like, we're basically just thrown into, like, a game, you know, it's mm. we're just trying to figure it out. Uh, and Did you like I the was, Matrix? It, it was, it, it felt like that sometimes <laughs> for me. I know it sounds funny or strange, but, but it was like that. I was like, you know, you kind of didn't really give me any sort of rules to go off of here i'm just kind of thrown in here what am i supposed to be doing i cry out to god man it was just you know and finally when i went to community college i uh to play baseball i turned away from god i was like you know what i'm tired of worrying about you i don't care anymore like if you're not going to answer me then why am i i'll go find something else so i got a little uh uh um you know for young men they are expected the higher value young men are expected to you know uh do well with women. I didn't sleep around or anything, but I was very much like into like picking up girls and doing whatever. Not for very long because I broke up with my girlfriend, and three months later, I met my now girlfriend, who we've been together mm -hmm. for five years now. Well, so, you're a pretty handsome guy, so I'm, <laughs> thank I'm you. sure that you were getting a lot of attention from ladies in school. <laughs> well, it didn't last long. It didn't last long because immediately I was like, this isn't for you, Adrian. You you know damn mm -hmm. well this is, you know, this isn't fulfilling for you. And I met my now girlfriend who who was like seen as like the really hot girl around town or whatever, mm -hmm. even though I didn't really find her too attractive at the time. But then we kind of, that just kind of built on its own. And now we've been together for five years. But mm -hmm. you didn't want to like, you didn't want to be that kind of guy that was like sleeping around. Was that like an option for you? Or were you just like, I'm saving myself for marriage? Um, It, it was, it wasn't even... It just wasn't my sort. I just I was interacting with these women in a very sort of shallow manner, and it just in maybe two girls, let's say. And I was just like, this isn't. It just isn't. For, you're trying to be someone you're not, and it's just not going to work. Um, so I kind of just well, I got with my girlfriend, and now we've been together for five years. So it's funny. How, mm. It's funny how when you're not looking for someone to be with long term, that's when you kind of find someone long term. But yeah, I ended up going to UCLA. And uh, I met a group of Christians there who were very legalistic. And I should have looked them up online because they are online. Uh, yeah. And they, a bunch, like gotquestions.com or whatever that answers. Yeah. Like, they have a page for this group that interacted with me. Oh, is it uh, the Mother God cult? No, 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 not okay. that bad. <laughs> uh, but these guys are known for 
very legalistic. They wanted me to break up with my girlfriend because she was Muslim. Mm. Now she's a Christian, oh. interestingly enough. Wow. But they wanted me to break up with her or they wouldn't baptize me or continue mm. Bible studies. I was like, I actually broke up with her for like two days. And then it kind of, we were like, yeah, this is stupid. Like, we can't do this. Like, we're in love. Like, I can't, I can't do this. So I, I departed from that group. But I didn't, I didn't stop with Jesus. I was like, no, there's something here. They introduced me to it. I like the Bible. It's very interesting. So I continued with it. And I've gone through plenty of different, I went from, I mentioned in my last YouTube video, I feel like I'm in the wilderness because I've gone from legalism to really grace-centered, which I do believe grace-centered is more where we should be than legalism. Yeah. But now I just feel like, who knows what I believe in? Like, I'm, I've been working with so many different things that... Uh, but I think it gives me a unique perspective because I'm very open. I can very I can yeah. play with a lot of ideas without having, you know. Well, I anyway. think one of the things that I just really liked about your TikToks and um, what I was listening to in your YouTube channel is your honesty to explore ideas that maybe some other people are not willing to do. And that is rare in today's day and age because it's just like someone tell me what to do and I'll just I'll, I'll just believe exactly. it. Or tell me what to believe. I'll, I'll believe it. And people don't do their homework. Like even when I, for me, it was, it was a little difficult because I would walk into churches and they'd be like, you know, being gay is a sin and, um, and living that lifestyle and God doesn't want anything to, you, to do with you and you're the worst of the worst. And so I was forced to kind of like when I started my relationship with God, I was like, what does God think about these kind of things? I can't really ask anybody because they're just going to have their bias attached to that. Right. So I got really hungry for my for the mm. word of God, and I asked God for that hunger, which was something I prayed about, and um, I ended up going to Bible school. And so when I got to Bible school, I was digging deep into. That's what I went for. I didn't go for like a pastoring degree or anything like that. Like I, I just wanted to learn more. Like I was like, what are, what is the history? What is the other religions? Um, why is my religion the true religion? And um, and how does all these things like tie in together? And there's some questions I just I just don't understand. I don't get like. Um, someone explained this to me. Nobody was talking about those types of things. And if I were to ask a leader or somebody in the church, they'd be like, they didn't seem like they knew the answer either, which isn't the best thing to do if you're in a position <laughs> of leadership. You, you got to know the answers. You got to give a, a response to your faith. But um, that's one thing I liked about you is that you're just like, you're, at, you're kind of in the season right now of asking yourself these questions. Um, and I like that because a lot of other people are also asking themselves the same questions and maybe are not receiving answers or walk away because they're just like, I don't want to do the work. But you are doing the work, which is super interesting. And so, yeah. And I don't even feel like I'm working. That's the weird thing. I, I just feel like this is something that needs to happen. And it's and it's something different, I think, is uh, I don't know the verse exactly, but we have not been given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. The mm -hmm. reason these Christians are not talking about these things is because they're afraid. They're afraid mm. of God. They're afraid of the church. I oh, yeah. am not. I'm not afraid. I, I. You can say I'm going to hell. You can say Satan has possessed me, because I know that's your opinion. Like you don't realize that that's your opinion. And they'll say they stand on the Bible and all, but you're standing on your interpretation of the Bible. They can't. They can't figure that part out. So mm. I'm willing to do this. Like, I'm willing to be in the wilderness, and I might go into some crazy ideas, man. I might, you know, mm. completely depart from the faith for a period of time but I'm willing to travel in the wilderness because I know I'm being led somewhere, so. Yeah, definitely. I think it was the same for me as I didn't know that when I was studying all these things that if I would ultimately, even even today's day, I don't like, this is kind of, this is going to sound bad, but. No, nah, man, like, say it, let's do it. I, sometimes I don't want to associate myself with Christianity and, and I'd rather associate myself with the way because that was originally what Christianity was before it was taking on all these 
traditions right. and ideas and beliefs, interpretations that now are baggage onto my beliefs. But in reality, the only thing I stand by and have stood by is, yes, a little bit of, of course, traditionalism, history. You want to look into those types of things, things that have happened before um, that we can learn from in, in our history of people who have the same beliefs as us. But at the same time, on the Bible, you know, what what is the actual account of what I have written down from thousands of years ago that I know can be proven um, and and following that? Like, what was Jesus actually talking about? And they called that movement the way. And it wasn't mm. supposed to produce a religion. It wasn't supposed to produce what it's ultimately ended up producing, which I think Jesus would be. He would be really disappointed with where we've gone with Christianity nowadays. And Wait, why so the so way much... the way was a thing when it was first when Christianity was first starting. That's what they called it. They called oh, it the way. They really? didn't call it. Yeah, they. Didn't, it wasn't. I mean, they started calling us Christians because they. It was like mini Christ. And so when someone, like when we're referred to as Christians, all that means is like you're mini Christ, you're mini. Which was derogatory when they first started uh, Yes, of yeah. course. And so, but the original movement, it was called, do you know the way? Because he mm-hmm. called himself, I am the way, the, the truth, the light, you know, all that stuff. So it'd be like, we're following the way. And um, even now when you talk about missions, evangelisms in persecuted countries, that's usually what they'll go with. It's like, they won't use Jesus. They won't use God. They won't use the Bible. They'll say, hey, we have like, we have uh, an enlightenment or we have, mm. you know, the way they'll use all these words because they can't use the Christianese words. If they use that, they'll get killed. Right. Um, but <laughs> it's the exact same ideas, just different language for that. Um, so I think when I say stuff like that, it's like it, it, it kind of like it, it ruffles up religious feathers and stuff, um, which I didn't even I think, know that. I didn't even know you learned something new, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things that, like, you know, um, which th- one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you about some of the ideas that you're exploring, and a lot of people don't know about different things that it's like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. I, I, how did we get to this point? Like, from right. that, how did we get from from the way to, to Christianity, Roman Catholicism, and Eastern Orthodox Church, and all that stuff? But, um, so anyway, so you are in UCLA, and... I graduated. This... Okay, you graduated. So you've been with your girlfriend and stuff, and what, what, like, they were the people that introduced you to Jesus? That These le- this legalist group was a, uh, well, I mean, I knew him of Jesus and I believed in him when I was young, but they mm-hmm. reintroduced me after I completely turned away. Would you say that you had like a born again experience? Um, like one day where you're just like, I just really want to live for Jesus. I don't know if I had like a born again experience, but when they approached one, one guy approached me in the gym, actually. Uh, which is strange because I look very intimidating because I have a very like stoic kind of look to me. I, I, big I, guy, I don't big muscles. Yeah, I'm just quiet. I look at people with a whatever. But th- this guy, I'm actually a very nice guy though. It's just a look that I have. But um, this guy came up to me, which is strange. And this was when I was kind of like, you know, philosophy is just not, it's not fulfilling me the way I'm looking for. He's like, hey, come do a Bible study, come whatever. And then I really enjoyed the Bible studies. That's the thing. I really enjoyed, they were very, they come to my work. They'd be like, hey, like, let's hang out. Let's do whatever. And out of nowhere, and even the pastor, it's so funny because I'm so like, I have my really strong opinions against pastors, especially, but I really like the pastor here. It was mm. the, it was the guys who introduced me that gave me that ultimatum of you need to break up with your girlfriend or else. He didn't. He said, mm. um, you know, it's sometimes it sounds like an ultimatum. I'm like, no, no, no. They gave me an ultimatum. He obviously mm. wasn't connected with what was happening, but um, I don't know if it was a born again experience. It, it was, it just felt like a slow changing of, of how yeah. I viewed the world. Really. You could have really just as easily received Jesus, like in your early years as a child, 
Um, cause like, for example, I, I always say that like my born again experience, it was like the minute that I surrendered everything to Jesus. Like I was like, I'm going to surrender my sexuality. I'm going to surrender my life, you know, all these things. And like, I started like digging deep into everything. Like it was like, that was my surrender moment, but I had always believed in Jesus. And the only way mm -hmm. to believe in Jesus is if you even have the Holy spirit in you, you know, you can't, you can't right. believe without, without God. So I had all, I had the Holy spirit. I had that renewed. But then it was like a fresh renewing almost kind of weird. I don't, know, I don't even know if that's biblical, but it was a fresh renewing, a fresh surrender that I was like, okay, I want to allow you, Holy Spirit, to transform me now. Like you've been, I've been living with you all these years, but I really want you to fully transform me now. So um, I guess that kind of happened like when you started um, that group. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. My, my girlfriend had one of those, though, uh, where it was she, ex she explained it almost like a surrendering, like, okay. Let's just see what happens. And then she had some sort of experience like that. Um, for me, it was just kind of like, let's just let's just give it a shot. And then I just really liked the, the the Bible studies and stuff. And then I just haven't been able to walk away from it. No matter what sort of ex bad experiences I've had, I was like, there's a truth here. There's, mm. you, know, you know, even if you told me Jesus never existed, just for a matter of argument, mm -hmm. there's something about that story that is true. No matter what, even if you if you prove to me historically, which I do think historically he did exist and that all will happen, it wouldn't matter to me. You could disprove it to me now and I would still be looking because there's there's something there with that story itself, something spiritual. I'm still trying wow. to figure that out. I don't know why I believe this even. That's the weird thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I but I will yeah. I I will find it eventually. Well, our spirit it's like it's it's meant to understand and know that there's a, 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 a piece of ourselves that's just connected to God, that when we hear it, it's like either we reject it and we know that, that this is truth, um, but we reject it anyways, or we just come to the understanding like, yeah, this is truth. That's actually how one of the ways. So I keep bringing up the underground church and, and persecuted countries and different things like that because I started recently working with um, ministries in those um, areas. I won't say the exact areas, but if you guys have been watching my, my TikToks and different things, you'll see that I bring up Iran a lot, Afghanistan a lot, you know, India, um, China, same thing. I'm very like connected there. But one of the ways that they uh, talk about actually the Bible is that they don't say the Bible. They'll say stories. And so they'll be like, today we're going to share with you guys this story. And then they'll be like, uh, they'll talk about the story of Abraham and they'll change it like all up, make kind of make it like generalized. And then people will be like, do you agree with this story? Do you find it to be true? Are the things being said like resonating with you? And then the, uh, the people of the other faith will be like, yeah, actually, I'm really excited to hear like the next story. Like, how can I apply this to my life right now? And they don't even know it, but they're reading the Bible. <laughs> and so it's, it's super, super cool because then when they finally do realize, oh, this has been the Bible all along. Like um, that bias, everything, all the baggage that has come into Christianity, um, they they don't have to carry any of that, you know. Right. So um, so it's super cool and awesome. So is, has there been any struggle within your Christian walk that's just been difficult for you? Whether it's like porn or um, you mentioned having a girlfriend, maybe staying like celibate till marriage or um, any type of struggle that um, yeah, people might relate on your Christian journey or even maybe just self uh, doubt, you know. Um. Something, I actually just saw a, a video, uh, uh, Jordan Pierce was talking about, he painted this thing and it was, if the ideal is too high, you will begin to harbor like negative emotions toward it. And he was talking about God. And something that I've struggled with is, 
I've had uh, conceptions of God that were just simply too high. And I've actually begun, and I will say this because, again, I, I'm not afraid to say this, but I have felt resentful toward Jesus and God before. Mm. Uh, very angry sometimes, too. I'm like, you know, you guys are you guys are doing something weird here. Like, this is, I, I have, like, very negative emotions toward you um, because, but it's not, but I always know this, it's not because of them. It's because my conception of them, I'm viewing them as this very harsh judge who's kind of, yeah. like, playing with me like a toy, and it's like, yeah. you're going to have negative t against anything, any entity, you're going to have negative emotions that way. Uh, so that's been something that I've had very negative emotions toward. Porn, um, I'll make it more a more relatable one, obviously. Uh, porn was something I used to struggle with a lot. Um, I was never delivered or anything, to be honest. It was never like a, an experience. It, it really was, if you're going to replace something negative that you're doing, you need to believe in something better than that. And, you know, some people say, I'm praying to God and then he's not delivering me from pornography or, or whatever, mm -hmm. fill in whatever it is that you're trying to be delivered from. Mm. The problem is, is you need to renew your mind and believe in something better. So what I did was I believe that me not masturbating was making my life better. It was rewiring my brain in some way. It was making me more spiritually, you know, me retaining semen or whatever was making me stronger or but yeah, I've heard that where it's like uh, people are saying, um, uh, I, I saw this TikTok of this guy and he was like, uh, if you watch porn, you're weak minded and um, and you lose your uh, testosterone and it's actually really bad for you and all this stuff. And I was like, I don't want to lose testosterone. Like, that's a great <laughs> argument, you know, whenever I'm feeling tempted to go back to the, like, those, those ideas. But what you're saying is like super biblical because it just take every thought captive um, to the truth. And, and, and if the Bible says that this is not good sexual immorality or viewing people as objects of lust, then, um, whatever helps you to believe that is going to be to your advantage. Right. And you know, what's interesting was as much as I do think the Bible is against things like this, it, I just knew within me, I was like, this isn't for you. I, I just knew you, you wouldn't even have to tell me which religion was about. I was like, yeah, I agree. This isn't for me. And, and, a lot of it is the problem people run into is, you know, they'll say, well, that's all fake. Science says you can masturbate and watch porn and you'll be perfectly healthy and fine. You know, that might be true. Um, I don't think it's true. But your belief that that is true is hurting you. Uh, and you and people need to hold on to their reasoning, intellectual arrogance of I need the truth, quote unquote, which can be so misconstrued by people and yourself. Belief in something is what gives it so if you believe that not masturbating will help your life, it will help your life. That's something I that's something I think. I think it's the belief that gives things power. Mm. Um, whether or not there is any, I mean, people will believe that uh, the placebo effect. People will believe that something is helping them health wise, and it will start to work. Um, yeah. So so that's how I sort of approach that that sort of issue. Yeah. Well, there's definitely you know. It's kind of crazy. One of the reasons why the Bible actually tells us um, just to instead of focusing on the things that we want or, you know, the pleasures and, and the lust of this world, um, why like even manifestation, why that's become super popular in today's day and age, like those things, they work like mm -hmm. people don't understand that we actually the Bible actually affirms like the power that we have. In, let's get into this and in humanity. No, but it does. Yeah, like, let's the, get into this. That like God gave us authority. And right. so when he was creating us, like our words, he said, have power. 
And so when we say different things, like we can actually create situations. Um, should we be doing that? Like God has said, no, actually use your words for like what is beneficial to you, which is what's going to be the kingdom, you know? So use that quote unquote power, authority, manifestation or whatever for the kingdom, not for yourself. What happens is that when people start doing that for themselves, um, a lot of people be like, oh, manifestation, you know, that's not, that's not true. That's not real. Um, but the Bible tells us otherwise is that like, yeah, we do have power in our words and our thinking and our beliefs and there's things that happen. And so I've, I've seen like, there's this girl, um, Bella Porch, she's a celebrity. Mm -hmm. And she said that she got famous because she started manifesting it. So right. she wrote it down on a whiteboard and she's like, I want to win a degree or I want to do this. I want to do that. And there's form of having power when you speak things to life, you bring life to things, right? So you're just speaking that. That may not always work all the time. This is dependent on your belief of that, how far you believe in it. But if you really, really do believe in it, not only will you start to actually bring power of life through the words, but then you'll start to start doing things that are related to that. Like if I, if I believe that, then I'm gonna start putting out new music. Like she started putting out new music, started doing music videos, started investing in my craft, you know, all this stuff. And those things actually get you closer and closer to the thing that would not have been possible through just manifestation. And so the, the Bible is clear, like our words have power, but we shouldn't spend it and we shouldn't be doing those types of things. And, and it could be considered a form of witchcraft because if you are manifesting things that are against the, the, the kingdom of light, and you're, you're manifesting it for the kingdom of darkness, that's witchcraft. And so, um, yeah, even even forms of, of prayer, bringing things to life, like uh, I think it was, I'm, I don't know if it was Ezekiel or if it was another one of the minor prophets or major prophets that was like God told him, speak life to these dry bones. That something actually starts to happen when we start to worship, praise, um, and speak life into different situations, even speak blessings. Blessing is another form of of. Um, of manifestation or whatever new age word you want to use. Um, Christianity, Judaism, we had it long before the witches and the pagans. Where do you think that came from? Um, a lot of things actually come from the biblical worldview and from the biblical understanding. Um, when you bless someone, it was like you had just pronounced honor. Uh, you'd, you'd spoken life over a person. It was such a big deal that you could not take that blessing back. And so that's how high people actually held the standard of, of wording and bringing that to fruition. So it's always been, it's, it's been a biblical concept until it was taken by which is paganism, you know, and, and turned to the kingdom of darkness. So and that's usually what pagans would do. They would take things from biblical things and, and, and distort it. But yeah. I mean, Jesus says, it all relates you to each other. Right. Jesus says, believe you have received it and it will be yours. And I see this all the time. People, Christians will say, you know, that will only happen if it's in God's will and you have to like really kind of decipher what God's will is to do this. Jesus doesn't say that. He mm -hmm. says, believe according to your faith is it done unto you. He mm -hmm. doesn't say, but really try to figure out what it's like. And what does that tell you? Be careful what you believe in. Oh, Be yeah. Be careful where you put your that. faith in, right? It's yeah. You have power to do this and you may manifest hurt onto someone, um, mm -hmm. but you you will reap the you'll reap what you have sown with that yeah. and, and so it's always important to speak life into things and because people think sin and and god's way are like arbitrary there's mm -hmm. a reason why that's a thing and you will find out if you if you dabble in that if you mm -hmm. if you do things that are not in god's sort of purview then you will see the negative effects it has cuz it's it will happen like it's not just god's commanding the stuff because 
you know, he just feels like it. It's mm-hmm. you're not going to, you, you know, you're going to hurt this person, but you're going to hurt yourself as well. I would also say be careful what it is that you pray for and mm-hmm. what you have belief for, because it's not the things that like God doesn't give you or allow. It's the things that he'll be like, OK, sure, I'll allow right. that for you to happen. That will ultimately take you away farther from him. And those are the things that I think are the scariest. Some Somebody's like praying for a marriage or praying for a bigger house or doing this. And that will be the same thing that will actually take away your faith from the Lord and, and set it on something else. So I think that's um, very something that's just like not talked about a lot. But there's so many there's so many different aspects of things like how you were saying, um, like uh, we were both saying, um, so many things that now the world is incorporating that actually comes from Christianity. Um, and, and they have more faith. The what? And they have more faith in that. And like the universe or whatever, energy vibration. I feel like if Jesus was alive right now, he would look at them. They'd be saying, you know, I believe the universe gives me whatever I want. I believe there's energy. You're like, what great faith you have. You haven't seen any sort of evidence for what you're talking about. And you're completely missing the point. But you really believe that. But then you have Christians who we need to believe this, right? I'd rather have Christians wield this weapon, let's say, than non-Christians, atheists who want to use it for certain purposes or witches, whatever you want to call them. But but they won't believe. They, mm-hmm. they think there's something sinful and wrong with them that they're going to take this ability and, like, start killing people. I mean, I've literally met Christians who think, you know, if we didn't have the law, for example, they would start killing people and ha- commit adultery. I'm like, hmm. You are one spirit with the Lord, my friend. You're going to be all right. Like, God well, is let, with you. Let's talk about that. So you said that sure. you experienced um, these kind of legalistic Christians that really turned you off. And I heard in one of your uh, videos that you don't even, like, really go to a church anymore um, because of that that, that experience. Um, which I would say to that, like, I, I mean, out of every person that has experienced hurt, I mean, I'm definitely one of them. Um, LGBTQ, living the same sex attracted, like I've heard it all. I've seen it all from Christians, every type of hate you can imagine, every type of bad leadership. Um, and I'm just like, I'm literally just 26 now. So I'd like, oh Lord, um, I've had a bad taste and it had kept me. I either could have became the person that believed in what Jesus was saying and actually taking it to, in my, to my own hands or just actually given it away. And so one of the things that I actually saw in your video that you were talking about was that you're like, yeah, I just don't agree with some of the things that are are happening nowadays, like when it comes to pastors speaking and um, and the church and different things. Like, what, What's your opinion when it comes to the church nowadays and, and Christianity nowadays that keeps you from doing things traditionally? Uh, my thing is, is the church, the church is not a physical place. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not, that. that's Judaism. They had a yeah. physical place they had to go, and that's why it's the shadow of what was to come. Th- mm-hmm. To me, this is church right here. Yeah. Right here, what we're doing. Um, and so when, and especially when I look at the Bible, I cannot find anything that recommends to me that I need to go hear a sermon from someone who I may not even agree with. I may not like their ideas. I mean, I just, I just watched a sermon from, I don't mean to bring people up, but he brings mm-hmm. up a lot of people. Uh, John MacArthur or something, and he was saying, uh-huh. you know, if you want to hear God's voice, read your Bible out loud. And I'm just like, there's something wrong <laughs> with that. There's something really wrong with that. I, I get what he's saying, but but it's sermons like that. Am I, am I expected to go to a sermon? Why don't I ask your opinion? 
right here we're talking mm. i'll ask your opinion before i ask a pat like who gave the authority to the pastor and mm. what's interesting is you have all these pastors with these scandals it's like oh how could a pastor do this it's like no that's your fault because you're putting that authority on him and putting this idealized image on him he's a man he's yeah. just a man so he's they're doing these they're making these mistakes and you're thinking this is crazy it's like no 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 you made that mistake mm. so and when i, I think we've gotten his, closer and closer uh, actually like removing ourselves from the catholic church mm-hmm. and we're getting closer and closer to going back to the same mistakes right. that, that they made back then exactly um and 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 putting people in positions and just not holding like the more i read god's word actually the more like you just you just can't read god's word and then still come up with those conclusions of mm-hmm. just like yeah i am supposed to listen to a guy on a platform and have him tell me my life right. and what i should do and what i shouldn't do because the more you read god's word you see that the church of christ is a body and in that body everybody has a part to play there is absolutely no one is greater than another person um, it's all equal and understanding that the prophet is the same as the pastor and the pastor is the same as the elder and the elder is the same as the, the person who's going to serve at the table, but they have different responsibilities um, and God will hold them accountable to different things, but everyone is equal in its nature and everyone has something to say. That's why I like the idea of even home churches and different things like that, because it's not that the fact that it's like, oh, we want to get away from mainstream or we want to be indie. We want to be the indie Christians uh, and, and and sit in our tables and, you know, have lunch together. Um, and just like, I'm rebelling. I'm not going to Sunday service. I hate Sunday service. I hate pastor. He's hurt me really, uh, you know, a lot. It's more just uh, more so this is what was done in the book of Acts. The, back, the book of Acts, the Christianity, the way, it was you come to my home. We share a meal together. We talk about God. You tell me your experiences. Exactly. I will tell you my experience. And you have something to say. I have something to say. I have an encouragement to offer to you. You have an encouragement to offer to me. That girl has a song that she wants to sing about. Um, and then this person has a gifting. And we're all fasting and praying for what to do next with the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And people, you know, I, it's not that I have a problem with John MacArthur or anything like that. Um, I have friends who are Reformed. Um, and I think that's wonderful. Like, I mean, if you want to believe it, like go for it, (laughs) Calvinism, all that stuff. I'm not into, first off, I'm not into labels to begin with. Um, but if you want to believe that, like, great, I'm going to believe that, um, of what would just the experiences and testimonies of what we have from the people who actually experienced God in person from one of the 12 that actually knew him in person or was close to another person that also experienced. And that's why, the word of God is the word of God. Like it's the Bible and what, and what we believe in. Because it's not, it's like if if you literally right now, you, you walked, like Jesus was on this earth and you walked with him, I didn't. And he was gone and I couldn't hear from him. I would hear from you and from your understanding of what he was told you, which is, that's what, that's what it means to be inspired by the word because Jesus was the word. And those people, they knew Jesus. That's their firsthand account of Jesus. Are there going to be mistakes? Like, yeah, you might tell me same thing, Mark, Matthew, you know, the the, uh, the Gospels, that there were some discrepancies in between their reports because you're going to remember something very different than when somebody else was was walking with Jesus the same way. So, but what, what remains the same is, is your experience and the message that he was trying to communicate to you. And so with all that being said, I think we've really lost that in the West. We've lost that in Christianity is that nobody's having experiences with God themselves. They don't, they don't have a direct line to God anymore, which is what Hebrews actually affirms in us. 
like he he's so clear to be like you have like you're walking in the um uh the uh not the levitical priesthood but in the melchizedek priesthood in the order of melchizedek you have a direct line to god and that's something that they incorporate in in the east when they're evangelizing when they're doing missions it's not um we're just going to talk at you like you said in the beginning what's your big biggest beef with christians we're not going to talk at you right. we're going to let you experience jesus and and that's something that I've liked about you that you you don't even know too much about Christianity you 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 know a lot about history you know a lot about the, the philosophy and you have a good grasp on Christianity, but even with the limited knowledge that you do have, you've been able to catch that you've been able to see that because if you were just read it like it's impossible to not to get away from that when you read that the book of the uh, the Word of God, so I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah yeah um it's. The idea of, you know, oh, that's what I was going to say. I just saw a thing with Shia LaBeouf, and he said, you know, when I go to Protestant churches, it feels like they're trying to sell me something, like a car. They're really trying to sell, like, an, an argument to say why you should believe this. He was going to a Latin mass or something. He goes, it felt like I was being shown something. Like, I was being let in on something. And I'm not a huge fan of the Catholic Church, although I do think they get a bad rap. And mm -hmm. I don't think they should, because Protestant churches, again, are like, we stand on the word of God. We stand on the Bible. Yeah, we're just, we're just as bad, as bad in some areas. Yeah, when they have a pastor on stage, I don't mean to sound angry, by the way. I get very passionate about this stuff, so I'm not mm -hmm. angry at all. I, sometimes people tell me that, but I really just really enjoy this sort of thing. Um, we have a pastor on stage telling us his behavioral improvement program on how we should be living, and that is not biblical. And, and, it's, and what's interesting is the gift of pastoring is different than the gift of teaching. Not all pastors should be teachers. Not all teachers should be pastors. A pastor is just a shepherd, the shepherding gift. So why do we have one person up there who plays all the roles, who, I mean, sermons, churches, these were all kind of put in by Constantine. Now, I'm not going to get too far into the history of mm -hmm. that, but but yeah. I think it was uh, Ignatius. And Augustine and all, yeah, and a lot of those saying There has to there. be one person that everyone has to listen to, the pastor. That all came after Jesus and, and the apostles, yet we stand on the Bible. And that's mm -hmm. my point in my last YouTube video was you stand on your interpretation because you're missing something so mm -hmm. right there. It's right there in front of you. So yeah. That's, that's what I think, yeah. Yeah, which is unfortunate because um, the minute that people get indoctrinalized into this these ideas, it's very hard to get them out of that. And so now that I, I, I didn't like, it's funny because the Bible led me to the ideas where I am today. I didn't get them from anywhere else except the Bible. Like it wasn't like I was looking at somebody, a certain inter interpreter, or even had a role model to look to. Um, I, I actually just got aligned with a lot of other people that had the uh, the same ideas from reading the Word of God, and they're not popular. They don't have an influence. They're not on any commentary. They're not. not I just read the Word of God, and I'm like, I see people at a table talking about Jesus, and then being activated to go make more tables talking about Jesus. And it's as simple as that. And Jesus literally said, he was like, there's only two commandments. Love me with all of your heart, mind, and soul, right? And then to love God and then to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Why have we complicated this so much? I don't understand why have we complicated this so much. It's like, oh, you can't be a church unless you have this or you have that. Or women can't speak here. And there's this debated issue here. And then and then this is the biggest sin. And if you do this and blah, blah, blah. And it's all these things that are just, it's it's actually taking us away from the main idea. And, um, and then that's when people, when people get taken away from the main idea, they start to move into other things that are just 
not right. Like I think watching one of your videos, I was a little scared only that you would move into like um like Gnosticism and um and and other things like that because it was it's it's kind of just like well I don't want to just be open-minded to the word of God, but I want to be open-minded to everything else. And that's when it gets a little bit scary because that that's a, a person that would just take everything and throw it out the door and um, and then start to to listen to every other thing. And not every other thing deserves our attention. It can des- like it deserves our knowledge so we can know about it, but to give it the time of day, like there's things, for example, um, that came out that this was what Paul was fighting against in, in the early church. It was Gnosticism. Um, and it was people that were adding, like even mysticism, um, adding more things into the word of God. And Paul's like, it's not that complicated. <laughs> like he's like, he's like, it really is simple, guys. You guys are, you're doing too much here in this area. You're inviting too many other ideas. And then that's when people started, um, even for example, and it's happening today. With ministries today, like let's say, I don't want to name any ministries, but there's a very popular ministry that they sing a lot and they get into some freaky ideas uh, when it comes to the kingdom of heaven, right? The kingdom of God. And I heard you bring this up so you can let me know what you think about this. But um, it was, uh, they really do believe that the kingdom of God in its fullness is here today. And and Paul was actually fighting against that, um, that idea. He was saying, no, 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 no. Like Jesus is really clear. The kingdom of God is here, but not yet. And so he's like, I'm here with you because there's an aspect of who I am right here with you. But the fullness of that is coming. It's not yet. So Jesus was like super clear, like the kingdom of God is is here, but it's not yet. And so some people start making ideas about that. And then they're like, oh, we can experience all of God like right now and we don't need him to come back. Or, you know, they start producing ideas and 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 then that's when they just start adding things to scripture. And so that was happening in the that was happening in the first century. That was happening in the second century. And the apostles, they were fighting against those ideas. And that's one of the reasons why they were creating these letters of being like, but that's not the case. And here, let's make it re- really um, clear. So what, what is your idea of some of those things that you're talking about, experiencing the kingdom of heaven and all that stuff? Well, certain things that Jesus said, like you'll see the son of man come in his glory. And it was, you know, and it didn't sound low, like it was like a, a second coming. I know there's some verses on the second coming, but there are some verses where he says something like that. And he was talking about the cross. Some mm-hmm. of you will, some of you will still be alive while you yes. see the kingdom of God, or the Son of Man coming in His glory. Yes. And He was talking about the cross, and of course, we wouldn't think that's glory because I mean, it was a very brutal death, obviously very embarrassing, especially. But uh, Jesus tells the Pharisees, He goes, you know, the kingdom of God is in your midst, or it's within you. The translations are different because Greek is weird like that, supposedly. And the reason we say in your midst is because. I think you saw this in the video. They didn't believe that the Pharisees, we today do not believe the Pharisees had any relationship with God and that the kingdom of God couldn't have been within them because they were brood of vipers or whatever. But that to me is an assumption. And mm-hmm. even if it is, the kingdom of God is in your midst, meaning Jesus. Yeah. Paul writes, don't you know that Jesus Christ is within you? Yep. So if Jesus is the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ is within you, mm-hmm. then the kingdom of God is within you. So there's yes. something, and is there something else coming? Mm-hmm. Maybe, but... I go against the idea that this is like a waiting room. There's mm-hmm. something we have now, presently, within us, that is the kingdom of God. So, yes. and the Gnostics also had other ideas, like Jesus didn't come in the flesh. Sin isn't mm-hmm. actually real. So yeah. they, they, those, those, those ideas, ideas some, of what, some of the ideas that you just mentioned, the more you start to think about it and the more you start to add into different things, it'll lead you into other ideas. But what mm-hmm. you said is not wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I, I like the way... Um, 
it's the guy from the Bible Project. His name's Tim Tim Mackey. He explains it as pockets of God everywhere. So pockets of his kingdom. Like he said, I'm going to come inside of you and then you're going to represent like me. You're going to be a light on top of a hill. And so we, we are literally existing right now. Like I said, in his word, we are seated with him in heavenly places and we're with him there. But then at the same time, we're here too. So then there's like the supernatural aspect of like what is to come where God doesn't view us in the time and in, in, in the limits of time to him. He's outside of time and in a different understanding than we are. And so we're there with him. And then at the same time, we have him the fullness of God living inside of us but we are constrained by the physicalities of everything around us. And so I love specifically Romans on this, Romans chapter six, seven, and eight, where it talks about that, how about having that incredible life-giving spirit inside of us and having no, no bounds, but then still very much living in the physical realm and, and what he needs, like even to produce an idea of some sorts of like, oh, we don't need him to come back or we become that kingdom of heaven right now, you know, and then we just kind of somehow flourish that into, into our belief um, would be to ignore the other second coming um, verses, which are talking about, or even things like, for example, uh, Paul said, our hope is in the day of when he returns. Why? Because we're going to get our glorified bodies. And so there's actually something that happens that he talked about having his struggle in sin, even though he was a apostle, he went to like, literally the third heavens saw all of this. He still had struggles within himself. Why? Because of the flesh that was, this needs to get removed. A lot of, a lot of things need to be sanctified in this world that are not yet sanctified. He only sanctified our spirit. And so the spirit is, is Gucci. Like that's what born again. It's like, I, I literally made new again, your spirit inside of you, but everything else is not new. And so that needs to become new in order to work in conjunction with the new spirit as well. And so that's where the glorified body comes in. All those other verses, the, the Gnostics and or, you know, whatever, um, other people, even in, in some kingdom now theology, dominionism theology, will see those kind of things where they just, they just ignore those verses. And I mean, if we're going to be cherry picking like uh, Christians, then it's like, why would we pick those verses? You know, like, it's like, if I'm just going to be picking verses and just ignoring some, then I'm just going to be like, I'm going to do whatever I want. <laughs> like, I'm not even right. thinking about glorified bodies or revelation. Well, but, but see, but that goes against it as well, though, because Paul had this issue. A lot of Christian, mm -hmm. a lot of believers were doing nothing because like, well, yes. Jesus is coming back. So we'll just yeah. do nothing. So yeah. either way you cut it, there's, you can always have that, oh, I'm going to do nothing now because of yeah. whatever. And this is where also I have to make a comment on, um, this is why I have an issue with the Bible in terms of the translations of it, because mm. uh, you were saying there's something wrong with there's our flesh isn't sanctified. Mm. But I'm pretty sure doesn't Paul say that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit and that your your yes. body, soul and spirit are all sanctified and holy. Um, mm -hmm. The flesh isn't your actual body. This is where Greek. This is what I'm saying, mm -hmm. man. Like, it's so confusing sometimes yeah. because we don't have a word for what Paul meant by the flesh, the mm -hmm. spirit and the flesh. The flesh is like a way of living, whereas flesh, like your body, is a yep. different word altogether. So some yes. Christians think there's something wrong with my body. That's not mm -hmm. what Paul was saying. He was saying it's like a, it's like a infection in in the world. Like the flesh is like all around us. It's a yes. way that we can choose. Well, there's more so, than one meaning. So then there's there's the flesh of just like a style, a lifestyle of living. So they mm -hmm. have words for that in the Greek. 
And then they have other words for in the Hebrew for like the flesh, right. just body. And I don't believe that necessarily the flesh is evil. The lifestyle of the flesh is is what they would categorize as evil. But the flesh is actually pretty neutral. It's it's dependent on that's right what, exactly what influence you come from. So the outside influences, principalities, demonic powers, all those things, those are influencing the flesh. And then the inside influence is the Holy Spirit, right? So that's influencing the flesh at times. That's why at times we can be super great with the Lord and do acts of kindness and, and beauty and glory and all that stuff. But And then at other times, we we do all these horrendous things that are sexual immorality or this and that, which we're not supposed to be doing as, as time goes on. We're supposed to mature and understand. Um, so I don't know. When you actually do go start to deep into um, look into the Greek words, um, there's very little to any type of confusion um, as to what what means what and how it's used and and when it's used by specific authors because that's also something you have to take note of too. It's like the way that Paul uses the flesh might not be the same way that Mark uses the flesh and how can we differentiate how they're using it by the context of the verses when they're using it. And so very little words actually like we're like up in the air about and, and are like, I don't understand this. Like we don't understand where he's coming from. There's very little ones. Um, but then others, it's like super easy to tell. Yeah, they, they know exactly what they're saying. And and that's also another scapegoat for people who are debating sexuality as well. They'd be like, oh, but we don't know what the word, um, I think I forgot, uh, not malakos, but uh, the word that they use for homosexuality, um, malakais or something like that. But they're like, uh, we don't, we, it's a made up word by Paul. He just took two words and put them together and it doesn't actually mean this and it means that. But when you start to study and start to research, you start to see, like, no, that's wrong. Like, he knew exactly what he was doing. And you can tell by the Septuagint and, the, and what's in the Septuagint and what goes back from that in the Hebrew language and what two words he decided to put into the both of them. And then you never build doctrine off of one verse. You build doctrine off of two or three or four verses. And that's a lot of problems that people have is sometimes they'll take one verse from the Bible and they'll build an entire doctrine around that. If it doesn't say in other parts of the Bible, then you have to seriously consider whether or not that should be a, con a, a considerable point in Christianity or that, that we have to follow. It's not everything in the Bible is to be taken out of context like that and then just be like, I'm going to drop a doctrine on what James said about this, you know, because maybe that was James' conviction. That wasn't maybe the same conviction that Paul faced. Um, and you will see in each writings and, and you get to pick and choose from, from one of them. But um, I think you have a valid point uh, when it comes to to the to the to the whole thing of the the kingdom of heaven and all that stuff, which I don't, I don't think you're wrong about. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't blame Christians though for getting this because it's it is quite difficult to be honest because you have the same English word for two different things, flesh, and there's a reason why Christians have this problem is because it's a it's a tough problem. And I mean, even the NIV, NIV version in the '80s translated uh the word for flesh as mm. sinful nature and they changed it back mm -hmm. so i mean even the translators were having problems with this well um, translating so, was really difficult and right. that's that's yeah, why it's I'm, not easy <laughs> i'm so thankful for the fact that we have the translations that's what i'm thankful for because we have lexicons and then we have history and we have things that go outside of the parameters of the bible and biblical authors to see what are these uh what are, what are the meanings of these words and so but the problem is not everybody knows how to read a lexicon not everybody knows how to go and deep dive into those types of things and start to see. Like um, one of the things that I picked up, which was crazy for me, was um, it in Hebrews, it talks about 
um, the sin that there is no coming back from. I think it's Hebrews chapter 10 or something like that. Um, but they just say sin. And so when you look at that word in the Hebrew, it's the sin. And and they the, the translators, they didn't include the, but that should be in there because it's a singular pretty big deal. sin. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's a, pretty, it's a pretty big deal. So it's like some translation, NLT, you know, they'll, they'll change those little things. Um, because when you start looking in the lexicon, it's like, why didn't they include that in there? Um, we have no idea. There were just, there's some things. That's why it's like the idolization once again of like, there were a group of people that literally translated the Bible and some things that got right and some things need further investigations. And as time goes on, we start to uncover even more information from those ancient times that give us more, a more of an idea. Like when the Dead Sea Scrolls were uncovered, that sealed the deal on Christianity. That sealed the deal because there was so much there that where we were able to be like, wow, the Bible has not changed. And 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 there was wordings and different things that were used in the Dead Sea Scrolls that we didn't have in our modern day translations. And that changed everything because we're like, oh shoot, we actually have something we got to change here, you know? Um, but it was nothing too horrible that we were completely let off of, of into a, a different direction in Christianity, so-called. Um, but one thing I want to note on for you is that um, I think you're on a great path when it comes to questioning these types of things. And the more research you continue to do, the more you'll find a lot of answers. Like people, I would suggest, um, this is a suggestion not just for you, but anybody listening that's questioning themselves, um, look even to, I never listen to anybody who's not a doctor. I'm sorry, I don't. <laughs> because I'm just like, I'm more of like an academic and so, like, I'm going to respect someone who's had years of, of, of digging their nose into a book. And they're not just coming up with things on the fly. They've had to write research papers. They've had to do the hard work from all perspectives, not just the perspective that they wanted. And so that's how you get a doctorate. <laughs> and nobody will sign off on a doctorate unless you haven't done that, you know, unless you got a jank degree. But um, I always look for that. Dr. Michael Heiser, Tim Mackey, he has his doctorates too. You know, people like uh, Melissa... Um, Melissa Scott in California. She's incredible. She's like, she speaks like 23 languages and she's a woman pastor, you know, whatever. She's an incredible theologian. You know, um, those are people that I'm going to read their writings and I'm going to agree with them if they have enough logical sense. If I can't see the logic in it and I'm like, I'm seeing opinions here more than I'm seeing logic, then I'm going to go with my opinion. I, and, but the more I, I, they bring up certain things that I, I can actually fact check for myself see if this is true historically or this and that it's it's really helped me a ton to just look into people like that and those have been some people that i've really highly trusted when it comes to the faith um and even some individuals that have wrote written commentaries that their names are kind of difficult but i'm like oh they're doing the research they can show you just like in an academic paper they'll have the footnotes of right. where they came in with their instruction if you read a book on theology and christianity and it doesn't have footnotes D stop reading that book <laughs> do you want a book that has footnotes it's not just oh take my word on it this is what i learned like even this podcast like it, you could listen to me and be like take my word on it or you can actually see the book where we got the information from it's in the footnotes look it up yourself and 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 that has brought a lot of clarity to me because i'm super i'm the same way like i'm like i'm gonna doubt everything that you're saying unless i know it can be backed up because i don't want to lead someone else into an understanding that later on I changed my mind because I just wasn't well educated enough. And there's things I'm still trying to educate, but yeah, I don't know if you have anything to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
the only issue I have with this is is I feel like it, that that might work for some people the academic route. I'm a I'm an academic person. I love that sort of thing. But the more I read into the academic the commentaries and stuff, I'm like, first of all, I'm seeing more of everything we've gotten wrong for so long. So it's like, yeah. what what happened there? Like, why did this all get messed up? And it's like, <laughs> so they just didn't have the academic knowledge to get it correctly. It's like. I just can't, and this is an assumption, and I want to make that clear. This is my assumption about God. I don't know, and I don't believe that the relationship with God, the understanding of God, comes from academic scholarship. That's just my personal opinion. I think there's too many people who do not have the intellectual knowledge, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. or even have the intellectual capability to be going really deep into these commentaries. I think it's, it's something, it's something personal and experiential and and well i don't know i i i haven't really formed this idea no you're right you're right like it's it's not like when it comes to academic i'm talking about like you got questions about deep theology right 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 right. someone who cannot even uh, understand that like they're not asking those questions they're very like i've met people in the charismatic pentecostal movement that they are just like they're totally content with the Lord, not answering oh, okay. any other question. You know, they they just have their relationship with God. They don't need that kind of stuff. On the other hand, if you have minds like me and you, that are think, thinking deep into certain stuff, and we want those answers, we got to go the academic route because there's not going to be people who are going to be talking about that unless, of course, you you've got a wild prophet on your hands and, and the Lord is speaking to them directly. And you know that does happen sometimes. Um, you got to be careful with those people. <laughs> the prophets that have the the greatest revelation from the Lord are the ones that, that far fall the hardest biblically. That's what we've seen. Um, but yeah, I'm talking about like because you can't you can't no you if I, I can know all of the word I can know all the knowledge I can read every book and not have a relationship with God right because God has to speak to me directly and that was something that I applied to my own life as well like I'm like God I need you when it came to sexuality I was like I don't even care if it's in a book I don't care if it's in the Bible I don't care if a pastor says it if it's right I need you to tell me if you think that being gay is a sin or you don't want me doing that anymore. I need to hear it from you, Lord, because there, would, there wouldn't be any book that would change my mind. And he spoke it to me directly, personally, in an experience. How did that How did that work? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? It's just literally communion with the Holy Spirit. Like, so we have, like me and you, we both have the Holy Spirit inside of us, right? right. And so we have direct access to the right. throne room of God. Mm. That's what the Bible tells us. We have direct access and relationship and belief and a lot of what you were saying is so like on par, bro, because it's oh, okay. like you are saying like it's my belief that's going to carry me into there. Yeah. we. How does someone get saved? By their belief. And so you have to believe that God is speaking to you and that he's speaking to you in this area. He's convicting you in your life. You can't go with like, I felt like that was from God, but like, I don't know if it's from God because I haven't read it in the word. And so I don't, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not going to believe that, you know, like for, I'll tell you a story. So there's a time in my life where I was watching, um, like a lot of porn and I felt like the conviction from the spirit, but I didn't know how to stop. And it's been a real struggle for me. Um, pornography has been difficult, leaving behind grinder, sleeping with men, different things like that hasn't been a super hard. Thank God the Lord has really, you know, poured out his grace, but porn has been hard and difficult. Um, and, and I remember going to my my living room and having a, a moment with the Lord and just feeling so much guilt, so much shame, so much condemnation. And um, and then I, I just heard the Holy Spirit. It's not an audible voice. It's, it's, it's like a feeling 
that mm. comes with the enlightenment of scripture. I don't know if that makes mm. any sense. Like it's like everything you've ever read all in like five seconds and brought up to your memory and like on just one particular subject. It's like it's like an, an, an intrusion thought. It, it kind of feels like that. I mean, from my experience, some people literally hear the audible like voice of the Lord and that's a gift. I don't hear that. I'm very down to earth. Um, that's not gonna be the case for most people. But um, I remember just the Holy Spirit telling me like, why are you like so why do you feel guilt? Why do you feel condemnation? Why do you feel shame? Those things are not in me. Um, like I went to the cross for all of your sins, past, present, and future. Like this is my sacrifice. Oh, there's so many different scriptures. I don't, we don't have to read them. And I remember I had the opportunity either to reject the voice of the Holy Spirit and be like, I can't connect with God right now. I can't worship. Like I can't lift my hands up. I feel just bad. And I, I'm going to take two day, two or three days to get clean and be with the Lord later on. But or I could have just been like, no, I believe what the Bible says, which is I'm clean now. I'm clean by the blood of Jesus. I'm sanctified by what he's done, not what I have done. And he's already forgiven me if I ask for forgiveness. And so that was an experience that I had with the Holy Spirit that made that wor the word come to life. And so for me, God speaks to me in a, in a number of different ways, whether it's uh, like a re sleeping and having a dream or through, through the scripture. Like, I do agree with John MacArthur, what he, what he said there. I think it, it can be taken out of context. Um, I'll read the word of God to hear the testimonies of what God has done in other people's lives and then be like, God can do the same thing in my life. Um, if he did something for someone before, he can do that for me now because um, he's the same forever and always, right? And so, or just with the knowledge of the scripture or with the power of the Holy Spirit. Like there was another time I was at the gym and I'm like talking so much on this podcast. It's supposed to be about you. But, no, you're chilling. <laughs> um, but so sorry, guys, if you guys want to hear him talk. <laughs> but uh, you bring up awesome points. Um, I was at the gym and uh, I remember reading about Noah's Ark and reading about um, the dove that landed on Jesus. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me in that moment. It was like a connection of thoughts. That's that's not my that's not my mind. We can say it's it's our minds making things up. But it's the Holy Spirit giving you enlightenment. That's what an enlightenment looks like. Um, and and the Holy Spirit just told me, you remember that dove from Noah's Ark that they f let fly away? He never came back. Well, the only other time in Scripture that a dove come back and lands on on land, and or lands on it lands on Jesus, to signify what that He is the new land, that He is the new creation. All these things that. He, where would the dove have landed on, on like on a perfect sanctified land? It landed on Jesus. Those two things had connections. I didn't read that in a commentary. I didn't. I didn't. I, I don't have. I've never heard that before. That's it, crazy. It's it's a connection that the Holy Spirit drew to me. Two totally wild. And I was at the gym. <laughs> like I'm like, and I wasn't even thinking about that. So um, I, I think I think I made a video about it or something. I don't remember or when I was teaching on it. Um, but those are different ways that the Holy Spirit will speak. So there has to be, I think, I think the problem is that we have one wild expectation, then we have another wild expectation where we have, um, these movements of just like, Holy Spirit, I love you, Holy Spirit. And, and I, I never read the, the word and I'm, I'm hearing from God directly and they get lost. Yeah. We have all these people that are just moving on one direction. Um, and then, and then we have another group of people, you know, the reformed, that it's like scripture, legalism, this is what you got to do. And we hold everything like, and, and we're not moving, we're not budging, there's no communication, no presence, no encounter. But then where's the middle? 
where's the middle? Why have we forgotten the middle? Why can't we have both? Where I love the scripture and I also love the presence. And I think that's what our generation is discovering, what you're discovering, that it's like, it's not one side and it's not the other side. It's the middle. It's both at the same time. That's why we're the body of Christ, because all those ideas, they're all valid. But when taken to an extreme, we actually split the body, we divide the body, and then it becomes something it's not supposed to be. Yeah, man, it's not even, what's interesting is it's, when people talk the way they talk, which I, I do think God can speak in like a literal audible voice in your ear. However, you know, Jesus prayed. It's funny because people say the Lord's prayer is our father in heaven. That mm -hmm. really isn't even the Lord's prayer. The he gives his prayer. prayer. Yeah, he gives the prayer in the garden. And what he prays for is that everyone who believes because of them, that they all be one with us, that we are one with God. And, and, Paul says it's your one spirit with the Lord. Peter goes, no, no one talks about this verse. I mean, maybe they do, but he says, you have God's divine nature. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy, man. Like, I don't know why we don't even like, that is unbelievable if you have mm -hmm. God's divine nature. So sometimes we, and I did this for a long time, I tried, I perceive God as something external, mm -hmm. but we can't even come to understand what it means to be one with something. Like yeah. it's, you, but that takes faith to believe that no matter what I'm doing, I'm one with God and he's influencing my thoughts. And, and faith is interesting because I don't know what would even happen to you if you just full on had the kind. I do believe faith changes your reality. It changes how I think it literally changes everything. And I don't know what would even happen to you. How well, I guess this is why they say it's you're reborn. But to have full faith in something like that, that yeah. it would be a transformative event. It'd be scary. And this is why. I'm okay with being in the wilderness right now. That's what I feel like. And I see a lot of Christians going back to the traditional stuff, going back to whatever. That's Egypt, in my opinion. I, I view that as Egypt. You want to go back to these external limits on mm. it's safe. It's safe to believe in there's a pastor and he says, mm. well, we need to believe in we have these scriptural interpretations. That's safe. That's very foundational. You're too afraid to just walk in faith and just see what happens. And it's it's yeah. okay. That's a scary thing. And, and the Israelites were scared. They're like, yeah. they started building idols because they were like, it's not just because they wanted to look at a metal thing. It's mm -hmm. we need something foundational. Um, but they, but if they would just kept going, they would have found the promised land. And I do think I'm on track somewhere there. Not yet. Yeah. I think like, uh, and discovering that process, like I, I think like how I said, it's just all about being and an, having an open mind um, and, and, and researching, doing your work and researching, but then at the same time being super open to, to that faith, that personalism of where the Lord's going to, guide you i think i think the biggest problem in the west is that whenever someone does open themselves up to that different the faith or the you know god speaking um there's struggles and dangers in that because we are sinful and so um there's there's never going to come a point where we're fully transfigured like jesus was because even one ounce of sin will affect us forever and all of us has sinned already at this one point even before christ um and so we're already tainted no matter what that's why we need the sanctification of the glorified body to come and to change everything. That's when we will finally walk in the fullness of that faith, become one with, with God and his family. Um, and all those things that you were talking about, like Jesus living inside of us. Yeah, we're literally one in him because we live in the life of Jesus.
We don't like right now I'm Samuel, but technically I'm under the guise of the body of Jesus. So I'm literally living inside of Jesus and that's how the father views me. And that's what makes me one with the father because not because Samuel is one, but because Jesus is, is one with, with the father and I'm inside of Jesus um, right. and symbolically or whatever. But um, yeah, I love, I love this discussion guys. So if you haven't yet checked out um, Adrian's YouTube channel, please do. So he's on a discovery and if you have things that you want to share with him or um, ask him um, that you think would be really beneficial, some things that have helped you um, or you're questioning and you relate to him, you know, give him a follow, give him a, a subscribe to, to his YouTube and all that stuff. I, I would like for, uh, I think it would just be really helpful for um, Adrian to continue to make videos um, speaking on these types of things because is this not something that's talked about with young people and leads people to ask deeper questions and start to see outside of their traditional things that they've always grown up with. Um, and so any, uh, any last words you want to say, Adrian? <laughs> no, no. Thank, thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed the discussion and, and it was, it was encouraging for sure. Cause I, I didn't think we'd have so much in agreement to be honest. Cause you know, I was just like, well, you know, my ideas are a little strange. I don't know how many people it would even help, but but to hear what you you had to say was really encouraging. So I, I thank you for that. I thank you for being on. Yeah, I don't think like like when I heard your channel, I didn't. There's no part of me that I was like, I think his ideas are not strange at all. I think it's just like it's it, it's uncompleted thoughts that you're getting to complete. And mm -hmm. so I don't see it like it's uh, it's just going. There's only one route that you're going to go to and you're going to get there eventually. <laughs> and so to Good. me, I'm like, uh, it seems like totally logical. I was, I, I think one of the reasons I can really relate to you because I was at that point like three years ago. And um, it was during when I was in Bible school because I was questioning a lot of things. And I was like, oh, this is kind of scary. But then in reality, I'm like, it's not really that scary. I think everybody should be asking themselves these questions because it's actually going to deepen their relationship with Jesus. They're going to have less doubts and they're going right. to know things for sure, for sure. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on, bro. No, I thank you. I appreciate you. it. We're going to be good no, friends. It's great. I can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and thank you, everybody who listened and, and watched the podcast. And um, give us a subscribe. We'll be on, you know, bringing on more guests and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, and don't forget to join my Discord, guys. We have an online community on there. It's fantastic. It's great. I want to be able to get to know you guys a little bit more. And if you're looking for discipleship, that's the place to go to. Um, so if you enjoyed any of this, you probably enjoyed the Discord, too check that all in, in my link tree, any of that stuff. And we'll see you next time. Bye.